Wayne Duggan, Remax Bowler Video Podcast. 2018 is here, and that means that tax reform is upon us, and it's the first time since 1986 that something this sweeping has uh, come across our, our tax laws. So today we asked Don Kanicki to come. He's a CPA here in Boulder. I've known Don for probably 30 years or so. He's been doing my taxes, so I trust him and turned to him for any tax questions. So we invited him today to tell us what 2018 tax reform means relative to real estate. Don? Thanks for being here, buddy. Thanks, Blaine. All right, let's uh, get started. Well, first thing is you mentioned 2018 taxes, and I want to make sure people realize that I have had already a number of clients asking me, what's this going to mean for 2017, the return we're doing right now? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Right. Uh, none of these changes really go into effect until January 1st, 18. So it's the return that you're going to be doing next year at this time. So let's make sure everyone's clear on that. But there are some major changes, and let's start with the homeowners. Okay. Uh, the homeowners, biggest change, the two biggest changes, are both to interest and to property taxes. On interest, the old law used to be that if you had up to $1 million of mortgage debt, you could deduct the interest on that million dollars. That has been phased back to $750,000. In fact, when it was discussed, it was they were saying to go down to $500,000. Right. They finally agreed on $750,000. What that means is that you're able to write off the interest on a loan up to that amount. Let's say you go out today and get a million dollar loan then you're going to be able to write off 75%, 750 divided by a million, of the interest that you have for the year. So interest expense has been shaved back a little. Especially in our market, too, where there's yeah, prices a million. That's, that's right. That's right. In, in Boulder here, it, it is going to have quite an effect. And the other thing is that now if somebody says, well, I already have my loan, and it's already eight fifty nine hundred thousand. 900000 Loans that are already in place have been grandfathered in. Okay. So they're not going to, to lose the deduction. Okay. So that's on a regular uh, home loan. Now, everyone's piggy bank, the home equity loan, which a lot of people use for all kinds right, of right. loans. And you know, we certainly recommended that for people. Said, you know, that's the, the greatest thing to do. If you have a loan, make it a home equity loan. Unfortunately, that's gone. Home equity loan, the interest is not deductible, period. Now, of course, there's always exceptions in tax law. The only exception is that if you use the proceeds to substantially improve or repair or build your house. So in other words, if you have a $50,000 home equity loan, 10000 of which went for remodeling your kitchen, let's say, then you can deduct 10 divided by 50, 20% of the loan interest on the home equity. But for most people, home equity loans is not going to be a deduction anymore. Right, and home equity means pretty much like a second mortgage on a house True. you already own as right. opposed to a home equity style loan used yes. for acquisition. Because then it's That, that is correct. Yeah, okay. if it's acquisition where you need two loans to qualify or to stay out of the mortgage insurance right. premium, uh, that's still okay. But this home equity loan that you get on subsequent equity of your house, that's no longer right. deductible. Okay. The other major change is on property taxes. And this is the one that probably got the most press right before December 31st. 
Uh, I know here in Boulder, we had people lined, <laughs> lined up, up at the courthouse <laughs> to pay their property taxes. Well, the reason for that is because starting in 2018, the limitation for not just property taxes, but the combination of property taxes and state income taxes is going to be $10,000. So for a lot of folks, that's they're going to hit that limit. Right. And so this, the taxes over and above that amount are going to be non-deductible. I do want to qualify and make sure that people understand that this is on their personal residence only, the property taxes. So for instance, if somebody has a rental property or a property they're using for business or a property they're using as an investment property, uh, that's still going to be fully deductible because that is a business expense. So it's just on your personal residence. Now, another thing that, again, I, I try to hit all the areas that people sort of hear about and try to clarify those. Uh, again, folks have been saying, well, I heard that interest and taxes aren't even going to be deductible. I think what people are confusing is the fact that the standard deduction is going up dramatically. For instance, for a married couple, it's going to be $24,000. The effect of that is going to be, especially let's say you get a taxpayer, uh, maybe they're starting to get to where they're paying off some significant principal and their interest is actually fairly low. You take $10,000 in taxes, maybe another $10,000 in uh, interest, they have $20,000 in deduction, they're a married couple, they're better off taking the $24,000 standard deduction. So we are going to see a number of people who, even though they're paying a mortgage, are not going to be itemizing deductions. That used to not happen, or it happened very rarely. (laughs) Uh, But you're going to be seeing that happening quite a bit And it makes the rent versus buy analysis a little different than in the old days, too. Yeah, it really does. And uh, you wonder, again, uh, we, at least here in Boulder, seem to have rental properties and condominium and projects like that going up all over the place. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the effect's going to be on the type of properties that are going to be bought. So a couple more things that I just want to mention before we move on to investors, but on the individual uh, that relates to the homes. Uh, Selling a personal residence, the $250,000, $500,000 for a married couple exclusion on the gain, that has not changed at all. Uh, You have to live in the house two years of the last five. The dollar amounts are the same. The years are the same. There was talk about changing it. That did not go through. That would have been good to up that because it's been that way for well, years. Well, and then, yeah, and so they've been looking at that. And uh, But anyway, there's been no changes on that. Right. And finally, this isn't directly about real estate, but moving expenses are no longer deductible. So if somebody moves here or somewhere else as because of a job change, that is no longer going to be a deduction starting in 2018. And finally, casualty losses. Somebody, for instance, has a fire or a flood in their house. That is only going to be deductible when it's part of a presidentially declared disaster. So in other words, last year, a Houston, a Florida, uh, that's going to be deductible. But I guess I'll say your run-of-the-mill casualty uh, is not going to be. Like one of our forest fires or something. Yeah, exactly. So so that's kind of everything on... uh, 
on homeowners. Okay. How about investors? Investors. Investors actually didn't get hit with very much, which I guess is good news. Okay. Uh, capital gains is still going to be the same. You still have a favored rate for capital gains, and uh, none of that's changed. The rates in general have gone down, but uh, but again, proportionately, there isn't any change. So capital gains will look the same for most people. 1031 exchange. 1031 exchanges is another area that people are probably going to hear things that aren't true. Uh, 1031 exchanges have been eliminated and, and are no longer available for things like cars, personal mach or machinery used in a business or something like that. But 1031 exchanges for real estate, there are no changes. That, are still that was good news. That was very good news <laughs> because that, again, is another area that people were saying, let's change things, let's make it harder. In fact, there were some folks saying, let's get rid of 1031s right. totally. So uh, that one was kept in, fortunately. Depreciation, same lives, 27 years, 39 and a half years. Uh, that hasn't changed for quite a while. Right. And the last one for investors that I look at and kind of almost jokingly look at is the income requirements in order to write off passive losses from real estate. You know, it's only deductible if your income is less than $100,000, phases out totally at $150,000. That law has not, that law and the dollar limits have not changed in 31 right, years right. since Seems 1986. Ridiculous to me. And I, I look back sometimes and I, I don't know whether to be uh, embarrassed or proud that I was doing taxes back <laughs> in 1986. But I remember when I had clients in 1986 making $100,000, they were doing pretty darn good. Right. And now, of course, that's uh, changed a little bit. That's changed. And, you know, 100000 then is probably $300,000 right. now, if not more. Now, you were telling me 1986 tax reform was so sweeping that half the accountants quit because... It just couldn't take it anymore. There so were. I don't know. Uh, it's <laughs> funny that, the, yeah, they, they noticed a big increase in the amount of accounting practice sales after 1986 because a lot of the older practitioners at that time basically said, I've had it. I don't want to learn a new tax law. Uh, I guess I'm in that boat now 30 years later. Uh, they're not quite as sweeping, so I'm not going to give up not yet. Not going to give up yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anything else that comes to mind that we should share with our folks? Not really. It's, again, uh, a lot of things have happened. There's all kinds of things thrown in. I think one of the things that's going to happen is there's a lot of moving parts to this um, this legislation. Kind of when Obamacare was passed, you know, the joke was, when uh, somebody said, well, we've got to pass it so we can find out what's in it. They're saying the same thing about this tax law, is that we had to pass it to see what's in it because um, it was put together so quickly and there's going to be glitches, there's going to be tech, what are called technical corrections, and there's probably going to be all kinds of things that are going to have to be interpreted and possibly changed because maybe they didn't mean what they so a tax set. software writer's dream, as far as yeah, we, software development that has to happen. Yeah, <laughs> we still uh, we're still waiting for our tax software because they were waiting for the law to right, get changed, right. and we have a preliminary version of our software. And our company has said, "Don't you dare let people file this." Yeah. It's it, there's a watermark on the return that says preliminary copy, right. and 
there's no way I can remove that watermark. So, uh, so yeah, even the software companies are saying it's not final, and that's for 17. Yeah. 18 is going to be even more sweet, right? Don, now with all these changes, people are going to be calling accountants to um, get advice for 2018. How do they get a hold of you if you? If they well, want to we hope they're going to be calling us uh, every time <laughs> the tax law changes. It is good for business. Uh, people laugh even when uh, the government says that they're going to simplify the law. Usually simplifying the law means a lot of phone calls for us. And if you do need to get a hold of me, uh, my phone number is 303-881-0829. And you can also email me at dakcpa at aol.com. All right, Don, thanks so much for being here. Dwayne, thanks. Appreciate it. Dwayne Duggan, Remax Boulder Video Podcast, signing off.